This is Adam Lightman Bailey, and you are listening to The Real Talk Podcast. This is Jennifer Rodarte with Compass, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Hey, this is Lane Johnson representing Compass and Aspen, and you are listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Hello, this is Steve, and we're with Wider Brothers of Compass in the D.C. metro area, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. This is Naomi Klein representing the Compass office in Beverly Hills, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. What up, everybody? This is Chef Jack Harris of the uh, Talk Team Podcast. This is Jade with the Jessica Northrup team from Denver, Colorado, and you are listening to The Real Talk Podcast. What up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Real Talk. Thank you always for listening. I am grateful for... Uh, the incredible following that I've been able to generate throughout these last few months. The podcast only started in September, and uh, we're uh, over 2,000 downloads, so uh, or downloads or streams. So I'm eternally grateful for our loyal subscribers and listeners. And as you guys have seen in the last few episodes, you know, rather than just talking about regular business and regular real estate, obviously, you know, COVID-19, uh, the crisis that we are in, is the big topic, is the hottest topic in the news right now. And we just can't gloss over that. So what we've been doing, what I've been doing was interviewing uh, the leaders of each respective market and see how uh, they are faring uh, compared to the other markets. You know, for example, just myself in New York city, you know, we are shut down completely uh, as of uh, the 21st, it's April 21st today, uh, Cuomo had extended their quarantine period to the middle of May. Who knows what's going to happen afterwards? You know, we pers- I personally hope that we can get back to work. Uh, but obviously, health is health of the community and health of our uh, health of our our fellow brokers and our colleagues and friends and family are, are obviously significantly more important. So, we'll see what happens in New York City. That said, as you may have uh, uh, listened in our previous episodes, I was able to interview some of our leaders in Boston, Washington D.C obviously LA, and the list goes on. And today I have uh, the honor of getting on two of the leaders of the Newport Beach market in California on the show, the Mason Taylor Associates that's comprised of Dylan Mason and Mark Taylor. Uh, Just so our listeners know a little bit about Newport Beach, and obviously, I'll have the guests talk a little bit more about their town because I, I'm not I'm not an expert at Newport. Uh, but I had the pleasure of visiting uh, Mark and Dylan last summer in August. And Newport Beach is a beautiful town, just a little uh, right off the coast of the Pacific Ocean. Uh, lots of amazing properties, amazing views, the weather, the people, the, the retail landscape. I don't know if you guys remember what restaurants and bars were, but uh, those were a thing back in uh, last August. Uh, just to keep it short, Newport Beach residents, probably some of the more famous people that live in that community, obviously, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. The other residents include uh, Nicholas Cage, Steve Aoki, uh, Mark McGrath, Chuck Norris, John Wayne, and then some some powerful sports agents, Scott Boris and Lee Steinberg, who represent some of the biggest NFL, um, NBA, and MLB players uh, in the game. Uh, you also have uh, some serious athletes. You got Dennis Rodman, Carl uh, Malone, some serious NBA players. Dwight Howard, he owns multiple homes, but uh, he owns a home uh, in Newport Beach. And uh, Tiger Tiger Woods also, just to name a few. So uh, I don't know. Did I leave any other notable names out, guys? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul, of course. Yeah, it's just all. It's like an all-star team in your community. Yeah, and Nick Foles. Oh, okay. So the Nick Foles, the... Uh, 
ex ex Eagles, ex Jaguars, and uh, now will be a future quarterback for the Chicago Bears. So anyway, so that, just to give you guys a quick background, uh, Dylan was born and raised in the Napa Valley area. His mother was a real estate agent, or is currently a real estate agent, uh, and he was bred into the culture of the real estate brokerage world at the young age of 13. Mark was born in Nor Northern California, uh, grew up in the White Mountains of Arizona, and finally setting down in Newport Beach in the Costa Mesa area of Orange County 12 years ago. So... I just give us a quick introduction, guys, and just wanted to say thank you again for coming. Talk, it's a pleasure for us to be on your podcast. We've uh, enjoyed listening to it uh, since you started, and we've enjoyed your friendship and always uh, have a good time when we connect, whether it's virtually or uh, in person. Hopefully in person next time. <laughs> So, so Dylan, Dylan and Mark, just give us a quick uh, introduction about yourselves and uh, maybe how about one fun fact about yourselves as well? Because I know there's a lot. There's, there, there's several. Got it. Yeah. So I, I'll, I'll start. Um, Mark Taylor, I live here at Costa Mesa. Uh, Dylan and I have been working together about nine years. Uh, and through our partnership, we now have a team of seven. Uh, most recently, we hired a uh, marketing manager to come on so we can really uh, get our hands on and have everything be within our team. Um, fun fact about myself, I've married, been married five years. <laughs> fun fact is. I am quarantined with a 20-month-old, a four-year-old, and no nanny, and a wife that is, her business completely skyrocketed during this, so I've become Ooh. Mr. Dad. So let's get, into, uh, let's get into that for a few seconds. What's going on with your <laughs> wife's business? Yeah. So she works for a publishing company and uh, she targets professors at universities. So with all them transitioning to the work home oh, yeah. lifestyle, she's had to set up all of her accounts and basically train and teach them how to operate uh, their business from home. So still how to, how to teach kids, how to, how to maintain like it's everyday life. Uh, so she's been going from 5 a.m. Uh, she's been on her computer last night. She was on till about 10. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. So you're, you're, you're basically the, uh, the caretaker of the household right now. Slightly. She's <laughs> definitely still contributing a lot, but of yeah. Uh, and our business is dramatically slowed down. So, um, you know, naturally it's been, it's, yeah, with the flexibility, we're, we're getting through it. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but before we get there, Dylan, what's going on with you? Give us a little introduction and also a, a fun fact. Yeah. So I, you mentioned, I grew up in Northern California and yes, my still is licensed and she actually signed a commitment letter to Compass working oh. out of St. Helena. Uh, she did that over Christmas break. So that was something that was really exciting to kind of come back full circle and uh, have mom be under the, uh, the compass umbrella. That's amazing. It's a family ordeal. Absolutely. Uh, and fun fact about me, uh, I was a place kicker in high school on the football team and uh, got a scholarship kicking for a Division II school in me and uh, a paint. Sorry, you cut off there. A division? Sorry, you cut off there. Uh, just for our listeners, Division Two school for to where? 
uh, in Tennessee, in Eastern okay. Tennessee, okay, uh, Tusculum College. So uh, got to see a different part of the country and essentially play in like the SC Division Two and travel around uh, the different states. That's awesome. What was your uh, what was your longest kick that you've made in the game? Longest kick, forty three yards. Solid. <laughs> Not oh. very long, but I, I never missed a kick under thirty yards. So accurate. If anybody knows anyone in the uh, in the anyone that works with the LA Rams that needs an emergency kicker, you know, Dylan's your man. <laughs> <laughs> or, the Oakland, or the Oakland Raiders or the 49ers, who whichever team in California that needs an emergency kicker for uh, for next weekend, you know, who knows? You know, this COVID crisis, where the NFL season is going to go, but you know, that, it, it's a, it's a good fact to know that you made a 43 yarder. And if the Redskins need somebody to talk. <laughs> Speaking of which, today is April 21st, and the draft is only in two days. Absolutely. Yeah, extremely excited for the Redskins to pick someone, probably Chase Young from Ohio State, at the number two position. Uh, I wish this was a sports podcast. We could go on and on about this, but we'll, we'll leave that out when we uh, meet in person next time. So just to kind of shift gears and get into you know our topic for today, is what is going on in Newport Beach amid the COVID crisis? First, tell us, I mean, is it a stay-at-home order? Is it a stay-at-home warning? Is it, you know, are you guys deemed essential? Are you guys allowed to show? Just give us the lowdown on what's happening today in, in, uh, in, in your market. Yeah, so talk, we're, we were deemed an essential business. So we're not going into the office. We're working from home. We're working virtually with the team. Uh, we still are conducting showings uh, with the safe protocol. Uh, typically what that includes is, you know, wearing a mask, uh, wiping down the property, turning on lights, opening doors, uh, meeting the buyers outside and allowing them to go in through the property okay. and then address any questions afterwards. Um, we also shot uh, videos for each listing, did virtual showings and um, are all taking advantage of the 3D port um, tours so that any buyers interested in a listing really understand the layout and the feel of the home in addition to before scheduling a showing. Gotcha. So it's very similar to what I hear, what you hear, what I hear from you is very similar to some of the other markets like Chicago and Boston where showings are still allowed. It's just that it's very much more distant and, and kind of controlled. That's right. And what's ended up happening is um, it's really separated the from people who just be more passively looking. And a majority of buyers and sellers alike um, really press pause on their home search or listing their property and will simply be waiting until the smoke clears and we get back to, um, you know, normal, what's normal. Um, you know, day-to-day -day business activities. Right. Okay. So what, what, in terms of your, you just said day-to-day -day business activities, what do you, what are some of the biggest changes now that you guys are experiencing uh, because of the shutdown? Uh, prospecting. Okay. Tell us about that. At least for our team, you know, that that's been one of the biggest shifts that in a, a dramatic decline in uh, activity with our listings. Okay. But so day to day, we're, our team, we, we're heavily focused in door knocking. Uh, we get out in our communities. 
uh, three to five days a week. And we're out the doors talking to neighbors, uh, sharing new listings, sharing buyer needs. Uh, and that, that is really kind of the base of our business. And Can how you explain we to some of our listeners what exactly door knocking is? Because we're New Yorkers, you know, you can't really do that. Um, we don't, I've never really done that in my life. And, and uh, I guess it depends on what neighborhood and market you're in, but it's kind of a foreign concept, I, I suppose, to uh, many. And I know that you guys are probably one of the heaviest uh, hitters in terms of this door, quote unquote, door knocking. <laughs> yeah, uh, it really is. It's kind of what it sounds like. So we get out in these communities, uh, we put together door hangers. Uh, they usually consist of uh, buyer needs. So we have found that to be the most success and we are very honest with our buyer needs. So that, that is one thing that I think we've reached a level of success with them in. Um, we won't include them unless they're not real. And they've already gone through the pre, pre-approval process and they are legit buyers. Or we share new listings. We invite neighbors to uh, open houses. So usually first open house weekend, you know, we'll cater it on uh, some capacity, whether it's a coffee cart, taco stand, um, ice cream. But usually we'll put an invite and, you know, spread it throughout the community, okay. uh, get it out. And a lot of the time it's just trying to find a way to connect with people. Uh, our goal is really not to talk about real estate. We have that there is kind of a, a side piece if we get off topic or if someone is confused uh, by us being at their front door. But really it's introducing ourselves and sharing kind of what, why we are out in the community and then figuring out a way to pivot into a conversation about themselves and maybe things that they enjoy about the community and try to find a level uh, to relate with. Just kind of a bigger picture question here is how much business have you generated in terms of sales volume based on what you guys are doing in door knocking? Each year we're, we're in the double digits million wise. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, our first, and you know, that has, that has definitely gone down a little bit. Our first couple years, we were around the 20 million, maybe 20 ish range. Uh, and we're still pretty close to that. I think our business has naturally grown. We're getting more referrals. Uh, we're getting more, just our, our own personal sphere is naturally grown. Sure over the years as well. And uh, Dylan and I definitely aren't out in the community that two to three hours every single day, five days a week, like we once were. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would say on average, we're still in the double digits from uh, the doors. That's great. Yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, Have you ever had any uh, situations where doors are slammed in your face or, uh, you know, some people don't like the, the, I guess you see it on TV, see the, the Mormons with their (laughs) trying to recruit or the religious groups trying to recruit you um do you have any interesting or funny stories about that so talk we could do a whole podcast on our experiences door knocking but when mark and i first started we would go to the doors together and mark's you know six three six four i'm six feet tall and and we'd be you know button downs slacks with these small you know compass books (laughs) and it was crazy the amount of people that assumed we were there you know, from a religious like background and it actually worked in our favor. Cause as soon as they found out it was real estate, they're like, okay, I can deal with this. Okay. But Good. 
I think the, the overall stories we've experienced everything, but I think the the biggest surprise that people um, hear from us is most people are pretty cool. You know, there's there's very few people that are, are slamming a door in your face and are just really not happy that you're at their door right. for the most part. And it's just a it's a good reflection on society that a lot of people are busy. A lot of people don't have time to oh. sit and chat. Um, but other than that, it's uh, it's been a really cool way for us to connect in the community. And over the years, we're in our fifth year of doing it full time. Um, the connections you make and um, uh, connecting the dots with past clients, with future clients, with friends is something that on a daily basis, you know, now occurs. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's good feedback. You know, it, it, people think of the the unknown and they get scared and they never do it. Uh, where else uh, you guys actually overcame that that attrition and actually went and started door knocking. Um, if I could give one piece of advice for anyone listening, if anyone's thinking about getting in to door knocking or anything, uh-huh. uh, a lot of the coaches, a lot of the scripting, I feel like is all about like negative interactions. What we have found is that we have lost out on more opportunity because people actually dropped a, a hint, opened the door for us, and we didn't pick up on that because we had spent more time focusing on the how to get that no to a yes, and we're constantly looking for the negatives. Uh, it is, to Dylan's point, it's amazing how nice people really are, and if someone has a need, they're probably going to say something. Um, so if you don't really focus on the positives and figure out how to explore those little opportunities, you're, you're going to miss out. It's a great quote. Great quote. So, yeah, they focus on the positives, not so much on the negatives. They don't get caught up in the quote-unquote script. Well, the negatives are be- are amazing because it's saved you a lot of time. Right. Someone's leaving the door that saved you 20, 30 seconds. Uh-huh. Like, on to the next. Nice, nice. Uh, so, you know, w- with, with regards to what, where we are today, you cannot door knock, I- I'm assuming. And people no. probably don't want you at the door anyway, and you probably don't want to be at their doors anyway. Um, what are you doing now with all of this extra time? Uh, now that you can't, you know, you, you said you go out three to five days a week doing door knocking. Like, what are you guys doing now with all of that extra time? So it's shifted over the past few weeks, Talk. Yeah. First, first couple of weeks, we were going through our, our sphere of past clients and, um, you know, checking in on everybody, saying hello you know, not making a real estate call, but just seeing how they were doing, seeing if they needed any help, if they knew of anybody that we could uh, help run errands for, uh, drop grocery off, um, or just connect. You know, what we found with most people that picked up the phone, you know, they just wanted to talk. They just wanted to share if they've been in their home for, you know, just a few days or a week. They just wanted to hear and also share what they were struggling with. And then what's happened over the past couple of weeks is now that, you know, the quarantine period has eclipsed 30 days, you know, people are much more routine now, albeit a new routine is, you know, the overall market is circling back and kind of off. So activity is, is down. We're getting back in and uh, instituting, you know, more real estate related activities and, one thing that Mark headed was is a marketing campaign that I'll let him mention 
Um, but it's a really cool way for us to get back in the community and, and let everyone know we're here. Yeah, so we are, um, we reached out to Stephanie Younger, love what she's doing. Uh, for all of you who don't know Stephanie Younger, follow her. She, genius, how she's so creative and just is so good at getting communities involved. And she's a real, she's a real community leader uh, in her area of Westchester uh, over by uh, LAX, LA area. But uh, so any of you who follow her, she's done the Blue Ribbon uh, Challenge. And what it is, is anyone who's, it's Blue Ribbon to support and thank all of the medical staff, all of the frontline people who are out battling COVID right now. Um, so it's just a way for the community to kind of come together, uh, put out Blue Ribbons in their front yard, time around a tree, post it, tag Blue Ribbon Challenge and uh, what we are doing is every person who tags, uh, Dylan and I are donating um, $5 for each post uh, up to, and it's to, you know, the Relief Foundation to really do our part and to kind of work with the community and help bring it together. So if I drive by a Blue Ribbon in Westchester near LAX, I'm, I'm tagging you guys and then you guys are donating $5? So it's regional. So uh, for her whole area, that's what she's doing. And uh, she has basically provided us the, the map and we're working on getting the pieces uh, made this week. So uh, and you've been to my house talk. So that yeah. elementary school across the street, mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of right in the center hub of a big portion of our business. Right. So we talked with a gal at the school who's head of one of the foundations. They're allowing us to put up banners around the school. So uh, that we're actually going to get out in the communities next week and not door knock, but we're going to drop uh, instructions and a blue ribbon to all the homes in the community. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, who doesn't want money donated to the frontline workers right now? And if you don't, it's like it's almost a sin if you don't do it because it doesn't cost that person any money. Doesn't cost them. And Stephanie's just over $1,800 right now donated. And if you think of how really neat as a community that is, that's five divided by 1,800. I mean, that's a lot of homes participating and coming together. Yeah, no, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Um, I hope and I wish you guys great success on that. That's a great strategy. And, and what, a, what an amazing thing to spend your time on right now. You know, instead of obviously, you know, business is important, but there are obviously other priorities that our community should be focusing our time on right now. So uh, that's a very um, proactive and uh, a, a very honorable thing that you guys are doing. And and shout out to Stephanie. Oh, Stephanie. For, yeah, huge shout out to her. Yeah, shout out to Stephanie for really coming together and uh, and, and spreading that idea. I mean, I, I, that's that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the market uh, it, where you guys are in Newport. You know, are you guys seeing, you know, what kind of percentage changes or uh, units or number of inventory differences are you seeing in terms of the apartments or homes, sorry, not homes that are on the market today uh, versus um, how many homes were on the market year over year at this time last year? And also maybe also touch base on how was business for you guys in 2020 this year before the COVID-19 crisis? and then how business has shifted since then. Absolutely, so talk, we just got our Orange County numbers in and we, we've had now uh, the quarantine 
to draw from. We've got a pretty good um, sample size. So demand, meaning properties that have gone into escrow or pending status, mm -hmm. 30 days in Orange County dropped 55% in March. Wow. So the, this time last year, there was 23.98 in escrow or pending. Uh, this March, 1,080. Okay, so these are the lowest uh, number of uh, in escrow properties in Orange County since 2007. Wow. Okay, so our demand is has dropped. So before COVID came, we had low inventory and high demand. Mm -hmm. So this demand has dropped. Mm -hmm. the, the, the reason we're not projecting any significant uh, damage to our market in terms of pricing is the supply numbers have dropped equally. Yeah. Supply, you know, we're in, we're in the end of April. For us out in, in Orange County and, and the West Coast, I think, across the board, you know, April, May, June, that's the busiest three months for us. Typically, this time, we'd be ramping up with our listings. Inventory would be coming on for all this buyer demand. But supply has dropped by 52%. So they're almost identical percentage drops. And that supply drop is the lowest uh, the Great Recession. So the interesting thing to see is what COVID's brought us is almost within 30 days put us into a, a neutral market across the board. So what's what's challenging, what, what that's presenting challenges in is before the COVID came. Sellers were thinking the market's still going up. It's great. I'm going to get multiple offers. I'm going to sell for a, a record price. And buyers were already starting to pull back, thinking I'm paying ridiculously high numbers. You know, we're, we're at the peak of the housing market. And now with this forced neutrality in the market, you've got the buyers who are still in the game looking at homes thinking, I think there's an opportunity here. I'm expecting a disc, the uncertainty, and the sellers are going, wait, just last month, my property was worth this. You know, this is not going to last forever. They haven't felt or seen any real drop in the market. Um, so, so that's what we're dealing with in order to still put homes into escrow. Right. right. And the other thing is, the last 30 days, there's been very little price movement within the overall Orange County market. So buyers who are expecting a deal is not being reflected in the last 30 days numbers. Now that can shift as we move forward in the months, but right now we're seeing pricing drastically change. The only really being affected uh, is going to be the days on the projected days on market. Right, right. So coming out of this, let's just say we come out of this in the next thirty days, forty-five days, and the market fully opens up. Do you guys see uh, a stabilization in average prices, or do you see maybe a slight downtick? I think just like everything, price, -like. but overall talk, yeah. I think uh, just given our own business. We have multiple sellers that are simply waiting for this to clear and they'll be hitting the market. 
and buyers in the same boat. So it'll be interesting to see. There's been reports of you know gradual uh, return to our our closer to our previous activity before COVID came, but um, I, I see it more as a gradual opening back because it's. I read you know the economy is not going to come back on like a light. It's going to be closer to a dimmer. You know it's going to be slowly warm yeah. back up. So you know rolls us into Q3 and Q4. What I'm most interested in seeing at the end of the year is looking back, how do the, the annual numbers compare? Because our seasons displaced as a result of this. So we might have a crazy summer, which is typically a slower time if we're getting back to a normal. So um, we're, you know, we're staying sharp and, and ready for whatever's going to come and just making sure that we're protecting our clients' interests and really being transparent on expectation. Yeah, the newborn market is just such a, a, a market that is in, in high demand that even, even if something like this happens, it, the valuations as an owner is considered, I suppose what you're saying is very protected, uh, primarily because of the, the constant demand there is for that market and of course, properties will come off the market, but because of that, there's less inventory and there's always going to be more demand. Uh, there, there should be some sort of uh, uh, the hedge against any sort of large risk because there will never be a shortage of, of people interested in your market. That's right. And we're still seeing under a million dollars is performing and is still a seller's market, even okay. in the midst of COVID. So it's, it's above a million, above a million, and then above four million that it really ratchets down to almost a grinding halt uh, based on inventory and proper going into escrow. Got it. Got it. Uh, to, to, you know, to, to talk about inventory, you guys have a couple of par- uh, homes. I keep saying apartments. Sorry, I'm a New York guy. I'm a New Yorker. You guys have a couple of homes on the market right now that are active, well, I guess actively listed. Uh, what is the psychology behind those sellers that decided, you know, it's hard to show, but I'd rather keep it on versus I, I, I would think the majority of the sellers are more interested in maybe temporarily taking it off the market. Yeah, it's uh, we're, we're properties at the beginning of, of the quarantine go on hold or withdraw from us. But over the past couple of weeks, talk a majority of those properties are coming back on. And the, the thinking with our clients uh, is, you know, even if the demand is down 5% and we might only be exposed to less than half of the potential buyers for a property, is they would rather expose the property to a smaller percentage and decrease the likelihood that they sell period. And if it, if, if it goes into escrow, that's a positive. If yeah. it doesn't, they're not afraid of the accruing days on market given the circumstances of being and selling after this clears. Got it. Got it. Yeah. It, it, that makes sense. You know, and, and to your point, human beings tend to have a short term memory and they want to, life goes on. They want to move forward. So uh, it, it is interesting to hear that in your market, more sellers are now putting their homes back on thinking that, well, yeah, this is a crisis and it is unfortunate that people are getting sick and 
and whatnot. But uh, for them, life moves on, and, and they have. They, it seems to speak to the confidence of uh, the U.S. economy in the housing market, especially particularly in Newport Beach. It's not the idea that in Newport Beach people are driving around their Rolls Royces and COVID, <laughs> thinking I'm going to go buy a house because I want to today. Yeah. In our market, it's it's been popular over the last few years. Is finding a house to buy has been difficult than selling your home. Right. So, so a lot of sellers buying their home first and their house on the market and it's selling quickly. Well, what's happened now is you have a group of sellers who purchase properties. Now they own two homes and all of a sudden it's not the staff of the fingers to sell your property. Oh yeah. So, it, you know, it's something that for people, I think it's, it's balancing you know, take being protect and um, cooperate with you know the measures outlined by you know COVID, and still needing to financially hurt uh, themselves and a property and and you know carrying two homes for three or four months may not be possible. Yeah, yeah, no, totally understand that. Uh, as just to just to kind of speak to more about your businesses. Uh, do you guys have a, you know, Mark and, and both of you guys, you, could, you guys can answer this, but do you guys have a, a, how is business right now for you guys? And is your outlook for the rest of the year? I mean, is it up? Is it down? Is it neutral? I mean, how do you guys see your operation, uh, you know, coming out of this? Yeah, I mean, we, we had a really busy first quarter. Uh, yeah, we were definitely on track to hit our biggest year and wow. Truthfully, I'm still, I still believe we're, we can hit that big year. Um, it, it definitely slowed down. It's more of a pause for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Dylan was mentioning, we, we have quite a few clients that are just waiting for this COVID, the cloud to kind of shift. Once we see the light at the end of the tunnel, people are ready to get their homes on the market. We have buyers who are still looking, actively looking at properties, mm-hmm. and they're kind of waiting until there's a little more certainty yeah. Uh, they're not one way or the other before COVID they're willing to pay these prices, but they have the mindset that, Hey, I'd like to at least let the market play out 60, 90 days and maybe have a better understanding of where we're at. If it dropped great, if it didn't great, we still need a home. Yeah. Uh, so it is really a, a deferment of, uh, paychecks right now, if you would think or closings. Interesting. So, uh, that's kind of how we're looking at, we're not losing any clients out of this, uh, which is good news. Um, we opened up escrow on a uh, 2.4 million. Uh, they had inspections on that today. And yeah. then right before I was just sharing with you, right before we just jumped on this call, we got another one of our listings uh, accepted today. So you guys seem like you're rocking and rolling right now. And then you, you <laughs> this is, well, we would have a few more, probably have a few more active listings right now if it weren't for COVID. Sure. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're moving. We're still moving along. That, that's good to hear. No, you know, when, whenever the Rob Lehman, our uh, CGO and, and even uh, Refkin, our CEO will, will ha, ha, they pounded this quote uh, over and over, but uh, there's, whenever there is a downturn in the market, there is a flight to quality and whether that's an asset or service, it rings true. 
Uh, flight to quality, perhaps flight to quality assets would mean, you know, whether it's gold or real estate, um, you know, people tend to shift into something safer. Uh, flight to quality and services could be the flight to buyers, the buyer's flight to working with seasoned professionals that know what they're doing and, and can exactly navigate uh, either a crisis or a post-crisis uh, climate. So it's great to hear that you guys have a lot of um, despite where, where we are right now, you guys have activity and you're doing inspections and you're putting properties in escrow and you're getting accepted offers. So uh, again, very, very proud of you guys and uh, congrats on that. Thanks, Doc. And, and to echo what Mark you know, we're not forcing anything. I think this is a time of acceptance and we want to be there for our clients, but we're in no way trying to cram a, a purchase or a sell down anyone's throat. It's, and it's really been freeing because these two properties in particular came together very naturally. And, you know, you got both sides working towards a goal because, you know, sellers see um, the goal of, you know, selling their property and the peace of mind that comes with that. Yep. And buyers have an, an equal achievement of, especially right now, purchasing a home where their family can be during this time. And in the future, if anything like this happens again. Yeah, no, that that totally makes sense. Uh, listen, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you just got an accepted offer. You guys have to run. There's a lot of things going on. I know you, Mark, you got kids that are probably running around and you got to entertain them as well. So uh, yeah. just, just to close out, uh, before I let you guys uh, tell us some of your closing statements, uh, you can follow for our listeners, uh, follow Dylan and, and Mark over here on Instagram at Mason Taylor Associates. That's one word, M-A-S-O-N. T-A-Y-L-O-R, Associates in full. Uh, see beautiful photos of their properties in Newport Beach and uh, various uh, information on, on real estate services that they provide in their market. Uh, they also have an up-and-coming podcast that's about to be launched called Wine with Dylan and Mark. And they'll be talking a lot about, uh, obviously, the real estate operations and their network uh, I believe the first episode was uh, how to purchase multifamily properties or how to look at investing in multifamily properties. Uh, so they have a lot of interesting uh, information that will be out and launched soon. Uh, so listen, guys, I really appreciate your time. Uh, Mark and uh, Dylan, you guys want to say a, a, a few things to close it out? I'll say thanks, Talk. Uh, this has been a blast. And if anybody, any of your listeners listening to this are ever in uh, the greater Orange County area and want to stop by and see our office on the water. Uh, we'd love to have you for a drink and we'll give you the talk tour around town and yes. uh, <laughs> make sure to have a good time. Such a good tour. Yeah, that was such an awesome tour last summer. Yeah, no, thank you, Talk, for having us and hopefully we can uh, see you all at a retreat this year. Hopefully that will not be canceled. Oh my goodness, yes. I Cross our fingers. Cross our fingers for sports and a retreat. And travel, and I'm sure, Mark, I'm sure you're looking for four to a vacation after all this is over. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, need re, I need a retreat, buddy. <laughs> you definitely do need a retreat. Uh, everybody, thank you for listening as always. And uh, I'll, I'll plug their uh, information in the, uh, in the preview post in the bio of, the, uh, of this, of this um, episode. So... Uh, feel free to reach out to them with any questions regarding the Newport market. Uh, Mark and uh, Dylan, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, speak to you all soon. Thanks, buddy. Bye.
Yeah.